Do you see the deals on these brands? Of course you can't. This is a podcast. But when you go to Ross this spring, you'll see brands you know at prices you love. We're talking all the shoes, hues, and oohs at 20 to 60% off department store prices. Go see the savings at Ross. I hate gift giving and receiving. Receiving gifts is so weird. What do you say thank you? This is Coffee Convos with Kale Lowry and Lindsay Chrisley. I really want you to be in your feels, Kale. That does not interest me whatsoever. I feel very attacked by you. A spirited discussion about motherhood, friendship, family, and life in the public eye. I'm just not with the fakery anymore. There's a fakery bakery around here. <laughs> Here's Kale and Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Combos Podcast. Is that Duncan? This is Wawa Coffee. Oh, you're back on the Wawa train? I am. I'm back. I um I don't have groceries at the house at the moment. I haven't gone grocery shopping in a grip. So I didn't make coffee at home to bring with me. And I was like, let me I'm already late. So I might as well just stop at Wawa. And I also got a Sizzly, which is it's like a breakfast sandwich, and this one is sausage, egg, and cheese on a pancake. Okay, so people so a little who diabetes like diabetes in a box. People who like McGriddles honestly scare the fuck out of me. No, they're fantastic McGriddles. That's no. exactly what this is. They're like I don't typically eat McDonald's, but when I do, I'm gonna fuck a McGriddle up, and that's no. essentially what this is. Okay, so you go to McDonald's for breakfast. What are you getting? I'm getting a bacon, egg, and cheese on a McGriddle and an okay. orange juice. And I also don't like orange juice, but I will drink McDonald's orange juice. Okay. First of all, um, I feel like um, McGriddle and OJ kind of like don't go together. And nobody come for me when I say the next thing that I'm about to say, but I'm pretty sure that any McDonald's breakfast requires like a soft drink or at least a sweet tea. No, I can agree with that. I um, I actually don't typically like breakfast food at all. Like, I have to be in a very specific mood for it. So, um, like, if I was to get chicken minis from Chick-fil-A, I'm absolutely getting a sweet tea or a Coke. So, yes, I agree with the soft drink situation. Okay, if you go to McDonald's and you're getting kids' food for breakfast, are all your kids getting the same thing? Is it going to be a mashup or um, just something different every time? My kids get very specific. Like Lincoln's getting bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel. Isaac's probably getting pancakes. And then the little two are getting like the pancakes with all the stuff because they eat a little of everything. Okay. So Jackson has forever been obsessed with hotcakes from McDonald's. And they kind of freak me out because I think about – have you ever seen like the viral videos of McDonald's food and it's like it lasts for six months or something? And I wonder truly how long the pancakes could possibly last. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I don't want to know either. Um, If I look like a hot mess express, I just need to tell you that, number one, I had a full house this weekend. So I have been stripping all the beds. Um, Everything's mass chaos right now. I'm pretty sure I still have pancake syrup all over my kitchen island. Um, Went to the car wash this morning, went to the gym, got Jackson to school, took his bag over to Will's and came home. And I was like, wow, I really don't have time to get ready for this. So I'm going to just – I want you to listen to this sound and tell me what you think it is. It's an Alani. It is. It's (laughs) my second Alani mimosa. Mimosa. 
And I wish that it was a real mimosa, to be honest. Um, I saw this video of Carrie Underwood and she was talking about like back to school. And she was like, this is what you need to do. You take your kids and you drop them off and you immediately get a mimosa, hold the OJ. And I'm like, oh, okay, so she's just like straight going champagne. She's like, you know what? I don't have time for the. I don't have time for the OJ. Um, I, you should be proud of yourself though, because despite not getting ready, you got a lot of shit done in what two, three hours, like that you have between dropping Jackson off and recording. So small wins. Listen, I was telling one of my girlfriends on the phone the other day. She was like, I don't know that like I can do this seven thirty drop off in the morning. Like that's does not seem realistic because she's coming from like a true preschool schedule where you go at like nine o'clock and then get out at twelve. Yep. And I think that's really hard for moms, like making that adjustment. And I remember not too long ago when Jackson started kindergarten, it felt so early. But you just like adjust your schedule and you get so much done in those short hours of time in the morning that you normally would have just been dicking around your house waiting for the preschool to open. Well, so I had an incident with Isaac because Joe and I thought that he had to be to school at 810. Um, we, I don't know why we never checked the schedule. We just didn't check this. We just thought he had to be there by 810. To come to find out, he has to be there at 755. He's marked late at 810. So I told V, because they're moving like far, like further. And I was like, just so you guys know, like he has to be to school by 755. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like he's marked late at 810. And she was like, oh shit, like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm dead serious. Well, Lincoln and Isaac both have to be to school at 855 now and they're in two different schools. So I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to drop Isaac off at like. You mean 755? Sorry, 755. Yes, 755. So I'm gonna have to drop. Isaac off at like 7.45 to get, be able to get Lincoln to school on time too, because they don't, since we school choice, they can't ride the bus. So it's not even an option. Okay, wait. So does the tardy bell ring at 8.10, but it's anything before 8.10, they're good? Yes. Okay. So yeah, uh, Jackson's tardy bell rings at 7.35. I, I don't know that I would ever get my kid to school on time if that was the case for me. And I'm like, listen, defects would be literally knocking on your door hard. What is defects? Department of Child Welfare Services or some shit. I don't know. Um, it's like who I, the school threatens you with, whatever public schools threaten you with if like your kid's absent for a certain it. amount of days. Oh, okay. They're like, we're going to send Department of Social Services to your house to do like a home study. And it's like, come on. Bring it on. You're just going to see mass <laughs> chaos, but lots yeah. of love. Like, just go ahead. Um, I have to tell you. So we were supposed to go to Jelly Roll on Saturday in West Virginia – not in West Virginia, Jesus Christ – in Virginia Beach. And sadly, we did not make it for a couple reasons. Um, Number one, I texted the babysitter at like 8.30 in the morning and was like, hey, just want to make sure like you're still good for the littles while we go to this concert. No response for like hours. It was like four hours. And I was like, what I thought was a three and a half hour trip – Plus beach traffic, I was like, we're cutting it real close and I don't want to like leave last minute because the babysitter didn't see the text or whatever, right? So I was like, fuck, I don't think this is going to work out. So the couple that we were going, the family that we were going with, there was eight of us total, was like, hey, I just want to let you know it's actually five hours away. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I said, Elisha has been telling me that this entire time that it was three and a half hours, which is doable with me and the kids. Like, that's fine. No, it was five hours without beach traffic. And I know that you're not from like from up here. So 
beach traffic to, to Virginia Beach is like insane. So, I mean, you're talking campers, bumper to bumper traffic. Like, it's just not a good time. Um, so five hours plus the babysitter texts her back like four and a half hours later. It ended up being like four hours later. Um, so we didn't go to Jelly Roll. Okay. First of all, I'm just a mom of one. So I don't know what that's like having to coordinate like other kids' schedules. But I can tell you that that absolutely sucks that one of your kids couldn't go and do something because there was a lack of coordination on the other part. Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, she texted back hours later saying yes. But at that point, it was like I couldn't scramble to get – and I didn't want to like get everybody ready and then – and then not still go. You know what I mean? So it was just like a weird – I don't think she meant anything by it. I think she was busy, not looking at her phone. I don't know. So um, – and then like it was like, well, why can't Natalie do it? Well, Natalie was at Tidal Wave, Tidal Wave in, in Atlantic City, which is a three-day country concert from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So she wasn't there. She actually ran into Hobby there. And then she was like, well, bring Lincoln – this was yesterday on Sunday, bring Lincoln because Jelly Roll was playing on Sunday. And I was like, well, the thing was like, I had texted Bunny to coordinate a surprise for him. And, you know, it wouldn't yeah. have played out if I wasn't there. And I had to get the other kids to Chris by four and it just like wasn't going to work out. But I'll just keep an eye out. You know, if he has any like meet and greets or anything, I'll just take him. But I was a little bummed out. It ended up working out. We went to dinner with the family that we were supposed to go to the concert with. And then they slept Isaac and Lincoln slept over there at their so house. So they still got to have fun. They still got to have fun. They, I mean, they had, a, they had our friends have a pool and four wheelers and dirt bikes and all kinds of crazy shit over there. And so they were loving life over there. They didn't even want to come home. So I think they still had fun, but you know. Listen, hopefully. I was going to have FOMO if you went to Jelly Roll and I put you onto that shit and like I still we haven't should take, been. We should take Jackson and Lincoln. That's what we should do. If there's an opportunity, we should take Jackson and Lincoln. Because not that the other kids don't care, but it was more important to Lincoln. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, every time I listen to Creature, which I, for whatever reason, was listening to it hard this morning on the way to the gym. Just love it. um, The people that probably heard Creature with me pulling into the gym parking lot was like, wow, that girl's deranged. Like something's definitely going on in her life. Mm -hmm. But when I first started hearing that song when it says there's a monster under my bed, I literally could not get over like the viral video of that grandma pulling like a dildy out from underneath her bedroom, her bed. Do you remember that? No. And she's like flinging it around. No. She's like, there's a monster under my bed. And she's like <laughs> flinging like a dildo around. You didn't see that? No. I hope everybody who was listening to this saw it because the dildy. I couldn't get over that. And sometimes every time I'm so immature, like sometimes whenever I'm listening, I'm like, I wonder what that grandma's doing. No, I, I'm so mature. I was thinking about that this morning when I was getting dressed. I was like, I don't – I should have had a mental health evaluate or like a productivity or like maturity evaluation before I had kids because I just am so immature. Like I'm so immature. What are you immature about? Like grandmas and dildos. And stick on dildos in your shower and <laughs> – Elisha opened the cabinet under my sink in the bathroom the other day because we were cleaning up and he's like, you know, the difference between under my sink and under your sink? And I was like, what? And he's like, you have a huge purple dildo just sticking straight up. And I was like, sorry about that. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) and he doesn't care. Like, it's not like he throws it away or anything, but he's just like, you have a huge purple dildo. I'm like, I know, I know. I need to to know people who are listening to this, like, 
Is your partner offended by like your dildy collection or are they not? No, he's not. Yeah, I need to know from listeners because some people are. One of my exes was just like very not okay with like the toy situation. Um, Elijah gives no fucks. Like he's so nonchalant. Also, when I was talking to some of my girlfriends last night about um, Prison Bay, like a while ago, I haven't talked to Prison Bay in a long time. Um, Elijah just looked at me like, you're fucking crazy. Like you talk to someone in prison before me like what is wrong with you but he doesn't like care you know what I mean he's just like you're literally unhinged I cannot one time I saw this meme and it was like this prison bay saying I live in a gated community and the girl comes back and she's like you didn't tell me it was fucking prison I mean he's not wrong though but like yes you do live in a gated community and like you should definitely talk about that because like you're rich and shit Coffee Combos podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. So while you're listening to us talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there is something else that you can be doing right now, and that is getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you can save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $700 on average, and auto customers qualifying for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 29 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $698 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A little extra money helps everyone live their best lives. We can speak from experience, especially early on. And Chime's online checking account is here to help you live yours. With Chime's online checking account, you can enjoy lots of perks like fee-free overdrafts up to $200. And you can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. So you're going to have no more pesky overdraft fees and no impact on your credit score to apply. You're going to get paid up to two days earlier with a qualifying direct deposit. So Getting access to your money sooner is a no-brainer to me. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up your qualifying direct deposit. You're going to ditch monthly fees. Chime has no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees, and you have access to 60000 plus fee-free ATMs. Signing up for Chime takes minutes, so join the millions of other Chime members and sign up today. Get started at Chime.com slash combos. That's Chime.com slash combos. Chime is a financial technology company not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Can you go back to the partner that you had that was not comfortable with that and mm-hmm. why? Um. His feelings were that he felt like he couldn't get the job done. It was like an insult to him. It was um, like, oh, I'm not good enough. When it really it really had nothing to do with that. It was just like to spice it up and like that's the guy I would have done fucking anything for. If he would have told me to shit on his chest, I probably would have. Like, Goodbye. I done- <laughs> it was the most extreme thing I could think of. Um I would have done anything for him, but like he, and I just thought like toys would be fun to incorporate. Like, I don't know. And he wasn't about it at all. 
I mean, I would venture out to say that most people at our age know their bodies better than anyone else. So mm-hmm. I don't really think that's a fair comparison to compare like a sex toy to like real life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's not really a fair. No, they're not comparable. Like they're just, it's just for a different thing. Um, I don't have any of those around and thank God because my son is like the ultimate snoop. He literally snoops in every single drawer of this fucking house. You saying that. I'm like, what are you specifically looking for? Like, I'm not even kidding. He will be in like the Ziploc drawer and he's like, mom, why do you have so many Ziplocs? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Specifically, I use two Ziplocs a day. Like, that's why. One for your snack, one for your lunchbox. Lux and Creed are also snoopers, but not for nothing. They early on discovered that Elijah is a candy guy. Like he loves candy. Um, So he keeps it in his nightstand in the drawer. And Malik never lived with us. So he like my nightstands were my nightstands. You know what I mean? So like they didn't find anything in them. Well, now that they know that Elijah is a candy eater, and he keeps them in the drawers, they go through both of our nightstands because sometimes Elijah will put candy in my nightstand and they'll just go in there and they'll they'll eat it. And I'm like, you're rotten. My dad used to say, if you want anything in this fucking house, you have to hide it. Like if you want to have anything, you have to hide it. Like even like his chargers, I swear to you, that man had so many like Mophie chargers. He had it like – professionally engraved property of Todd Chrisley on there and hid all kinds of shit like that in his bedside table. And he, man was always in the bed. Like even if he was on his laptop, like always in the bed, always having Netflix on Peacock, like whatever, doing some bullshit in his bedroom, you need a charger. Like you're going to run across the man to get in his dresser to get his stuff. And you're going to ask. And that's where he harbored like our cell phones whenever we were growing up when they got taken. He put yep. all that shit beside his bed. I'm, it's t- like- I'm Todd Chrisley because me also. When Lincoln and Isaac don't have their phones, they know where they know where they're at. They know where they're hidden. Also the charger thing, like Lincoln is he'll ask for stuff and I'll always give it to him. But he won't return it. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna let you borrow my stuff. Like I'm gonna let you borrow my chargers and my this and my that. But you will you have to return it. Like you have to. And he doesn't. Like, why am I going upstairs and yeah. having to weed through your shit to find my laptop mm-hmm. charger? Yep. Like, you don't even have a laptop, bro. Like, why are you <laughs> using my laptop charger? Like, I need this so that I can provide for you. Why are you thieving my laptop charger? I will go into my bedroom. This is no lie. He borrowed the other day the little block that you plug the charger into. Mm-hmm forgot that he borrowed that part, left the actual charge cord because he was using a different charger, left the charge cord in my bedroom, thought he was doing something good and grand, went and plugged his iPhone up into a charger that did not have a block that was not plugged into the wall and thought that his phone was charging. And I'm like, you know what? It serves your ass right because <laughs> you thieving ass stole- Where are their chargers though? Like their chargers that came with their phones, where are they? I don't know. Like how how do you run into a charger issue? I don't get it. And I'm convinced also that companies that sell chargers, they make them short out so yeah. that you have to buy new ones. 
Well, and you're actually not supposed to use non-Apple products with your Apple products. So like the chargers that are like, Kristen had bought me like the 10 foot ones and I use them when I find them. Um, You're not supposed to use those with Apple. Any person that's ever seen my 10 foot charger, they're like, specifically, why do you need that? And I'm like, well, because if I am sleeping in the middle of my bed, I need it to drape all the way across while I'm watching TikToks late at night. So mind your business. But nobody wants to pay like $100 for that. So we're going with the non-Apple brand. Um, Uh, For sure. I'm going to five below. Facts. So one of my girlfriends texted me. She listened to our episode last week and she texted me about the split parenting and school. I don't know if you remember that whole conversation about like – So for those of you who are not caught up and are listening to this episode, last week we were talking about how people that have split custody may have to give their school, their children's school, a copy of the custody order so they know whose week it is, which it's truly not the school's responsibility to get the parents' lives lives together. You know what I mean? Like it's just not – However, you know, in my kids' schools, they require us to give them a custody order so they know, you know, does Joe, Hobby, Chris pick up on these weeks, whatever. So one of my girlfriends is a teacher and she texted me and said, listening to the custody order part and pickups. One year, she was a former kindergarten teacher. One year, now she's high school. Anyway, one year I had a brutal case of separated parents where they were week on, week off and had a bomb threat and had to evacuate. All students had to get picked up ASAP. Dad came first, but I couldn't release the student because it was mom's week, even though the child was potentially in danger. I even called mom and asked for permission, and she said no. See, to me, there have been times during the school day, um, like, for example, when Jackson busted his head wide open on the thing in the classroom, and they called, like, code blue or whatever, and they tried to call me. And, of course, my phone, as Trent says, focus McFokerson like is in focus and I'm on a recording, it was my time, but I have no issue with a school nurse contacting Will if I don't answer the phone because I'm at a work obligation and he answers. It's whoever gets there first for the emergency. As long as the child's taken care of, you have to take your personal feelings outside of that and just focus on what's best for the child at that time. Agreed. Like this is not... If there's a bomb threat, I don't care if it's just you you know right off the bat that it's a threat and not anything serious. If Chris is allegedly working in Dover for something and they call him because I don't answer, at that point I'm giving – I'm telling them to let Chris take the kids because if I can't make it, if I'm working, if I'm, I don't have my phone on me or whatever the case may be, like that boils down to the safety of your child. And I don't ever want my children to be at school wondering, am I getting picked up? Who is picking me up? Just know that one of your parents or an emergency contact will be there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I feel like at that point, the kids are old enough to know like, okay, this is scary. And I hope someone comes to get me. And like, what if, you know, just like in a hypothetical situation, what if that turns into like a Columbine incident or something, you know, and you are so stuck in your way that there is a parent there to get your child to safety, but it is more important for you to be right than for your child to be safe. At that point, you need to self-reflect. I agree with that. So I hope that parent self-reflected after that because that's fucking crazy. Okay. I saw this from an anonymous member of our Facebook page and I'm like so caught up on it and truly wanted to text you about it over the weekend, but I was like, I'm just going to talk about it because I think 
other people have probably experienced this. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it. It says, please no negative comments. My husband basically had a three-month affair via phone, FaceTime, and text. The female lives in a different state. I am by no way excusing anything that he did. During this time leading up to the affair, he kept telling me that he felt that he wasn't important to me, that I was putting my family, my job, and aimlessly scrolling my phone before him. He told me this for two months before it started. When I found out, I flipped out. He was asleep. I found over 1,000 messages in his deleted messages, a ton of phone calls and FaceTime that lasted for hours at a time. I texted his mom and told her that I asked her to come to our house because I knew that I didn't want to put my hands on him. I threw his phone, hit him in the face to wake him up. I broke a candle holder we received for a wedding gift that said love on it. He was a deer in headlights as I'm screaming and it clicked in his head that I was going psycho. He kept begging me to talk to him. I packed three suitcases of my stuff and left. I did a video recording on my phone of all of the messages so I could read them. I was gone for three weeks, came back, and we're both trying to repair our marriage. It is hard. I don't want my marriage to end. I'm so confused because this man has been an amazing husband until this. He cooks. He cleans. He always writes me little notes every morning. He does so much for me, and I truly feel like the luckiest person. My main reason for trying is because I know that I wasn't giving him love in return. Not that that doesn't make what he did even slightly okay. I have been in therapy and my therapist said that if I want this to work, I have to own the fact for months that my husband begged for love and attention for me. I was going through some depression and because of the trauma, I shut down a thousand percent. I don't know how to even start to fix things. He has been willing to answer any questions that I have. He has never hidden his passwords from me. If you have been through infidelity and able to make it work and have any tips, please share. Our anniversary is Tuesday and I don't even want to acknowledge it. I'm begging for no mean comments or why are you staying? He will do it again. I've had enough of those on my own, just needing support from anyone who's able to build a better marriage. Thank you, Kitty Gang, for reading this. So I feel I feel bad for saying this because it sounds like she acknowledges her part in this. This specifically feels like, and maybe I'm going to get attacked for this, but you know how they say like, there are ups and downs in a long relationship or a marriage. This specifically feels like it could be one of them when he was actively trying to get her. Cause usually it's the other way around. Usually the woman is begging the man to give them what their, what their needs are meeting their needs. And when they don't, they stay until they're good to go. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they stay until they're over it. And I feel like for a man, it's so much, it sounds like she was taking him for granted and he got tired of it and you know he he may not have sought this woman out like seeked her out like he may have it may have fallen into his lap at this time and thankfully it didn't in this situation thankfully it did not lead to actual physical affair because i think that would be a lot harder in this situation to go back from I always say that relationships are not black and white. This to me feels like something that would be parts of the up part of the ups and downs because he begged her um, and she realizes her fault. She's in therapy. So that's the right step. And if he's willing to work it out and talk to her, I feel like there is hope that this relationship can be mended. I think that the first question that you have to ask is how do you truly identify cheating and if that is ever acceptable in any capacity in a relationship. And if your answer is no, then I think that is simply your answer. Even though I don't believe that relationships are all black and white, every relationship is different. 
I think at the point that you choose to step out of the relationship for whatever reason, if that person knows what they're doing is wrong when they're doing it, and I'm going to safely assume that he did because these messages were deleted, he had enough awareness to delete them to try to hide them. I don't know. I I thought we were going to be aligned on this. We're not aligned on this. I... I don't think there's a side to be chosen here. I think that they both are going, they both were going through something in the marriage. He begged for her. She wasn't listening. She wasn't hearing it. And what else was he going to do? You think he should have filed for divorce first? I do. I think that if you are to the point of where you have identified that you have begged and pleaded with someone to physically and emotionally fulfill you, and they're not doing that part of the marriage, I think at that point, if you're grown enough to make decisions in your marriage to step outside of it, you should be man or woman enough to go ahead and file for divorce. And I can only say from certain experiences that I've had in life and in my marriage that had I had to do it again, I would have filed for divorce way sooner than I did. Because I think that when you involve a third party that makes it tricky. And I would love to know how he met this person. If this woman lives in a different state, how he met her, was it on a dating app? And was he seeking that out? Did that woman fall just in his messages and he took the bait? Um, At the end of the day, we're all adults and you have to take responsibility for the actions that you choose to do. So at that point, He's also neglecting the marriage and you can't fight evil with evil. If he feels like she wasn't fulfilling her obligations, then that doesn't mean that he shouldn't continue to fulfill his or he needs to make a manly decision and say, okay, I cannot do this anymore. And for these reasons, I'm out. At that point, if he chooses to do whatever he wants to do, that's on him. And there you have it. I've been telling you all about pear for a long time. I love my glasses. I love pear eyewear because pear eyewear, you can get base frames, but change out the top frames as frequently as you want. I probably have 20 tops to go to my frames because I like to match them with my outfits. And pear eyewear just helps you level up your looks with brand new wider frame styles. They have guy frames too. And finding glasses is just easy now because you can match your style with these affordable base frames. They also have sunglasses and hundreds of magnetic top frames for those. One of my favorite TikToks ever is of Lux talking about how your glasses are kinetic. I think that's what he said. Um, (laughs) I love that you love pear so much. And I think that that's why people always think that you have a different pair of glasses Mm -hmm. because you're always changing out your top frames. You always have absolutely the best glasses. And I've always said that. Pear has budget-friendly base frames starting at just $60, including prescription. And to me, that is super affordable. If you've glasses shopped before, I think that's super affordable. They have hundreds of top frames starting at $25. So you can build a collection of styles like Kill. You can even turn your glasses into sunglasses with a sun top, which I think is really cool. They also have progressive lenses without any annoying bifocal lines. If you guys have grandparents that you can remember and you've seen their glasses and they have the little bifocal line, not going to struggle with that. Elevate your looks and get 15% off your first pair when you go to pairiwear.com slash coffee. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash coffee. That's my take on it. For me, cheating in a relationship, you should be grown enough 
to make a decision to say, this is not working for me and not harm everybody in the process. Um, but they that's both not fair. Did. Like they both, they both got themselves there. So I don't think one is more to blame than the other, because at the end of the day, yes, he stepped outside of his marriage, but he also, she didn't love and honor him and wasn't, you know, doing what she vowed to do. So I just feel like at what point, so like what he did is unforgivable, but what she did is forgivable. Well, if I'm looking at this from a a biblical aspect, adultery is a sin, but. But so is not loving and honoring your husband. But who's to say that she wasn't loving from a distance? Well, then she needs to speak up and say that. Tangibly, you can put your hands on the cheating and say, like, this is a ta- this is an act that, like, actually occurred. The other is per- one person's perspective over another, even though she's acknowledged the fact, okay, yes, like, I could have given more to this or I could have given more to that. But isn't that true for any relationship? Not everybody's going to give 100% all the time. You have to be willing to meet someone there. And sometimes you're going to give more than your partner. And sometimes your partner is going to give more than you. But that doesn't, can, in my opinion, that doesn't make cheating okay. I don't think cheating's okay. I'm not saying what he did was okay, but I understand it. I understand how he got there. And I just feel like they... See, I'm having a hard time now because Elijah wants to get married like yesterday, right? But I'm like, I already made my vows to somebody and I didn't even follow through with them, right? Like, yep. I didn't follow through with them. We had this big fucking wedding. We had all that. We wrote our own vows. We didn't even just get ones out of from the officiant or whatever they're called. We wrote our own fucking vows and didn't even follow them. So what the fuck do I look like remarrying and saying all these vows and not, I didn't even follow through with what I was supposed to do the first time, right? So- but I don't I feel, think that you can hold yourself accountable for the rest of forever for what you didn't do in a past situation if you're in a different place to be able to do it now. But I'm just saying for the person who wrote wrote in, I do think that this is something if they truly both want want it to work, I do think that they could still honor their vows. They can still like like I said, he's still human, she's still human. They're going to fuck up. And maybe this was just I don't know how long how long have they been together? Did it say? I can't okay, remember. I don't, I don't remember. If it said like a time frame. So maybe this is just like a pivotal moment in their marriage that they needed. Maybe this is their rock bottom to for them to both fully remember what they vowed to do. And do they want to continue to vow, honor their vows? You know, like maybe because sometimes I feel like you have to be close to losing it all or lose it all for you to realize what you had. And unfortunately, that's just the way the cookie fucking crumbles. So I was just saying like, it's not too late to honor your vows, to to take this seriously, to make it work if y'all both want to go to therapy individually and together. I think that this is something that can be mended. I really do. I think that you do truly have to identify if cheating is something that you both collectively can get over, whether you are the cheater or the receiver, right? If one of you truly can't get over it, and you've gone through the therapeutic process and it's something that you're always going to hold on to, I think that's always resentment that you're going to carry in your marriage and that's not healthy. For me, I don't think that I could ever get over that and not be petty spaghetti and bring that up in an argument on July 2nd, 2035. And I want to just say going off of that, like 
if you bring it up every single argument you can, but you've accepted an apology and said that you forgive them, no, you actually didn't. You didn't actually forgive them if you can't move on from it. Like just because you remember it, like I'll forgive you, but I won't forget you kind of thing. Just because you remember it, that's one thing, but to constantly bring it up, you don't actually forgive them. So just think I think on that's that. why we have to be super careful about forgiveness, right? Because if you're saying it in vain to kind of like move on the process, but you're constantly circling back to it, then you didn't that's forgive. A, that's a whole nother conversation. You truly didn't forgive. So the blanket, you know, I'm sorry's or I forgive you or it's okay, we can move on, but you're truly not actually moving on in action. I can't operate like that. If I forgive somebody, it's truly like, I forgive you. It's water under the bridge. We can I'm not going to bring it up. But I'm not going to tell anybody in my life, sorry for something that I'm truly not sorry for, or I forgive you for something that I truly don't forgive you for. I agree with that. Outside of that, can you please tell me what happened at the trampoline park? <laughs> All right. So Natalie wasn't at the house on Friday. So for those of you guys who don't know, Natalie helps me with my kids when I work during the week. And so Friday she was off because she was going to tidal wave, like I had said earlier in the episode. So she's gone on Friday. And I'm like, all right, it's 10 a.m. The kids are already fighting. Like they're already getting under my skin and I can't function. So I was like, all right, we're going to get ready. We're going to go to the park for the day. So I was like, grab your snacks from the pantry. We'll stop at Wawa. We'll get some sandwiches and we'll spend the day at the park. It's free. I step outside and it was so hot. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like the humidity, Not it wasn't necessarily the heat. It was the humidity. I said, change of plans. We're going to the trampoline park. And there is a trampoline park that's about 30 minutes away that they've re- It's pretty recently new. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go there and we'll do like a one and a half hour jump pass situation. And then it'll be nap time for the littles. Well, in the midst of getting ready, Lincoln got Creed dressed for me. And I was like, wow, like, thank you so much. But I realized when we got there, everyone's everyone's happy. Everyone's got their stickers on their back. Everyone's jumping around. And I realized, oh, fuck, I didn't put a diaper or a pull-up on Creed. Okay? So thankfully, he's grabbing himself. So I realized, because he's not potty trained, I usually wait until like three and a half. Don't crucify me. I don't want to hear it. I usually wait till three and a half. He's about three. So I'm like, okay, he's grabbing his junk. Like we're going to run to the bathroom. So we go to the bathroom and he gets half of it on himself and half of it in the toilet and proceeds to poop on the toilet. So I'm like, okay, this is a half win here. Like I'm not even, I'm not even upset. This is my fault. Like good for you. We tried, but in the strip that this trampoline park is on, there's like a bunch of other stores. So I was like, it's fine. Like I'll just run over to family dollar, which is literally connected to the trampoline park to grab pull-ups and wipes and clothes, whatever. Well, my girlfriend, Emily is with me. She's like, I'll run over to family dollar. You stay in the bathroom. Cool. She comes back. She's like, they're closed for renovations. Good. Awesome. So I wipe him up. I clean him up. I'm taking his socks off because they now have pee on them and Mm. his underwear is wet, but his shorts are not wet. Cause like I said, he only got like a little bit Mm -hmm. on him. So I'm like, all right, we'll take the underwear off. We'll take the socks off. We'll throw them away, clean them up with wipes. And put the shorts back on and I'll walk over to the other side of the strip to get something else. Meanwhile, the other kids are still jumping because I'm like, I can't pull everybody out. So Emily and another mom from baseball are (laughs) wrangling my other kids while I walk around to Ollie's. I don't know if you guys have an Ollie's. Oh, yeah. Jackson calls it the grandma store. 
Yeah, I've never been to one. So I was like, all right, there, there's got to be something here. They look like they have everything. So they don't have anything I needed. They had no clothes. They had no pull-ups. And then they have, like, you know how, like, a box of diapers comes in, like, a box? And then you open it, and it's, like, two clear packs of, like, what, of, like, yes, diapers? like, sleeves of diapers. Sleeves. Yeah. They didn't sell, and he's a size 7 in diapers if he wears them, or, like, a 3-4-T in pull-ups. They had no size seven anywhere. They had a size six, but it was just the sleeve from the box. It was, I've never been there. So it was weird. And that was like $13 for one sleeve. Wait, wait, wait. I think that Ollie's is like an, one of those like open box type stores. So maybe it was like something that came from somewhere else that. Or like damaged stuff that they can't yeah. sell in the store. So they take it out. That makes sense to me. I'm not judging. I was like, I mean, they had some good deals, but the diapers were not a good deal. Anyway, so I buy a sleeve of size six, which I don't even know if it's going to fit him because he's fucking three years old. There's no AC in there. I'm fucking sweating my ass off trying to get him. And then I'm like, do you guys have clothes? And they're like, no, you could try Goodwill. And I'm like, I'm not going to Goodwill. Like, I didn't say this to her, but I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, whatever. So we check out. I'm sweating. There's like sweat dripping everywhere. He's happy as can be because he sees WWE wrestlers. I get those for him. And we're just like, trotting along, but I'm like, this is the, I thought I was on top of the world that morning because I had everything under control. Once everything was planned, everything was good. Even like the last minute switch up from the park to the trampoline park. Everyone was happy. They stopped arguing. Lincoln helped me get Creed ready. Like I thought that I had all my shit together. Literally. Did you know you had a child with no diaper on? So then I said, when we got home from the trampoline park, like later on, I said, listen, when you get back from daddy's next week, we're not doing diapers anymore because I can't, I realized that I don't think I have another six months in me. Cause normally like we've talked about this, like I just don't, I just, it, it's too many kids at this point for me to have to worry about diapers. So I just said, when we get home, when you get home from daddy's next week, it's the end of the summer before we go back to school, we're going to stay home for two or three straight days and we're just going to potty train. I'm not I'm going to do it the same way I did the other kids, but it'll just be a little earlier. That's... And he was grabbing his penis, so he knew he had to go potty. So I definitely think that there's... He's ready. The awareness is there. It's just the actual act of making it to the bathroom on time and knowing that you can't piss your pants. And also, we were in, like, an exciting area. So, like, of course, he doesn't want to stop to go to the bathroom. I cannot. I can imagine this whole thing, like, playing out and you being completely distraught. Jackson calls Ollie's the grandma store. So I'm sure they had like every variety of different beanie babies and like oh, I'm sure. books and all this stuff. They actually had like a lot of goods. I didn't have a whole lot of time, but just like trying to find my way around the store where I was like looking for things. They had some good stuff. I didn't look at the, a whole lot of prices. So I don't know what the like price points were. Um, we did get a wrestler. So he saw that. Um, but from what I saw, they had like a lot of good stuff. They just don't have air conditioners. So like go when it's cold, not when it's hot. Um, I need to tell you something that like really chaps my ass. What? The pharmacy. Oh, I know. I hate going Um, to the pharmacy. Okay. So Jackson gets his medicine every single month and it's annoying because you have to call the pediatrician's office. They have to call it in. Mm Mm-hmm. It can only be refilled every 30 days um, and you have to make sure it's marked in your calendar so that you don't run out of medicine. We also 
share custody. So the medicine has to be split two different bottles. So it's always like a, if there's a new pharmacist in there, that's not like the regular pharmacist, then you have to, you know, send it back and wait in the line and be like, okay, well, we're two households. So we need the medicine split. So we're not, you know, sending bottle here, bottle there, like things get lost, whatever. So I'm just like out running errands. Please tell me why you pull up to the pharmacy and they have their blinds closed mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, by the way, we're on lunch. Like literally every single person in the pharmacy. No, literally. I had the same problem that I told Kristen and I was like, and it's so inconvenient too, because it's always when you either are leaving the doctor's office or you're out running errands and it's just convenient for you to pick it up at that time. And it's always when they're fucking on lunch. And I said, do they not rotate lunches? That's what I said. I said, do they not? Because they will have multiple pharmacists in there. Like if you go to CVS or Walgreens, they have multiple pharmacists in there at the same time. And I'm like, okay, is this just like a group lunch? Like, are they having a meeting during this time? Like what's going on? Because I need to get this stuff. Like, can you please raise your blind? Like give me my medicine so that I can get on with my day. And I just wonder like in that world, is that common everywhere? I thought it was just my CVS. So I just... Or is it just CVS? I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. But I don't remember it always being like that. But then again, I feel like I I started to like experiment with mental health drugs um, recently. And so that's why I noticed. But then also like it's just – and the pharmacy that we go to is right by the kid's doctor's office. So like if they had an ear infection or a rash or anything like that, it's always – when we're leaving the doctor's office, going right to the pharmacy and they're closed. That truly is the worst. I just actually got my HelloFresh box yesterday and I love this. This makes it such an easy transition from summer into fall and back to school because back to school and sports and football and all of that makes very little time to do, you know, grocery store runs and prepping for meals. So this is great fall is here. So HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season. And I love the options that are available with their recipes. I also love trying meals with Elijah when I don't have the kids on certain weeks, because then I know what my kids are going to love for the next time. I must be on the same schedule as you have because I received my HelloFresh box yesterday. And I've been ordering the two meals a week for two for Jackson and I, and I'm doing the oven ready meal. So I don't know if you've tried those yet or not, but they're phenomenal because it takes such minimal prep time, has everything that you need in the little bag. And I did a steak one and a salmon one for this week. So I'll get back to you guys on how much we like these, but it helps me so much because I have everything already pre-planned and there is no waste. I absolutely hate wasting and I love something that's easy, but also feels like I'm doing the most um, with having everything already kind of like prepared for me. This is America's number one meal kit for a reason. You guys can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 combos and use code 50 combos for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, don't miss this offer. HelloFresh.com slash 50 combos and use code 50 combos for 50% off plus free shipping. We absolutely love Rocket Money. This is something that I've talked about on probably all my podcasts, especially about how I was able to create little savings funds in my app to purchase things in my home. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 
actually learned about Rocket Money from either you or Kristen, but did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and most of those might not even remember subscribing to half of those? I know if you're like me, I will subscribe to something or I will set up some type of like free trial and then forget about it. And you truly have no idea how much you're spending each month. And that is why you need Rocket Money. It's a great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. And it blew my mind when I found out that over 80% of people who have subscriptions have forgotten about them. It's crazy because when I first got Rocket Money, it used to be Truebill. And they that was one of the first things that, that they did. They went through all my subscriptions and I was able to cancel them at a, literally the tap of a button. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way. Go to rocketmoney.com slash coffee combos. That's rocketmoney.com slash coffee combos. Rocketmoney.com slash coffee combos. I want to tell you something else that I saw on the Facebook group and I actually know someone it the person that wrote this in is not the person that I know but I know someone that had a husband that was cheating for their entire marriage um through prostitution and gave her HPV and herpes but this person wrote in and said my husband cheated on me and then gave me herpes we stayed together for 8 years after but he left me a I few months this. ago mm-hmm. I'm not even 40 but now I have this thing that I'll have forever I can't even imagine starting dating and having to potentially tell partners am I destined to just be single forever and like I can just tell you if I was in a relationship with someone that cheated on me Um, I would hope that the cheating is like bad enough as it is, but the fact that they were so brazen to go out here and cheat, but then also bring home herpes, care so little about me that one, they would cheat in the first place, but then give me an STD. That's, that's like the biggest thing when I was with a cheater. Um, and I, like I said, I've cheated before too, but I would protect myself except for once. And I learned my lesson very quickly. Um, the thing about cheating is like, you're now putting all of our health at risk because you couldn't, not only did you step outside the marriage or the relationship, but you also couldn't fucking protect yourself or let us all know what you were doing so that we could protect our health and our bodies. And, you know, thankfully herpes is something that you can live with from what everything that I've read. I actually follow a girl or I used to follow, I don't know if she popped, I don't know. She talks about living with herpes and it's just like, thankfully it's not something like HIV where it can kill you. Um, but that's something lifelong that you have to live with and deal with. And I just don't think that that's fair as someone who's going to fucking step out. Like you're so foul of a human to not, if you want out of the marriage and you want to cheat that much and you want to be with prostitutes or whoever else, leave the marriage. I just feel like that should be a crime. It absolutely should be a crime. It absolutely should be a crime. Like, cheating isn't a crime. Is it morally corrupt? Yes. but it, In the military, you can get kicked out of the military for it. And should. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're held to a certain moral standard and you negate morality, you absolutely should be kicked out. Um, yep. People who have military badges and are well-respected human beings should uphold a different standard. I I agree with that. Um, But again, cheating isn't a crime. 
But if you go out here and do that, I feel like you should at least at minimum, if you're cheating, wear protection and not subject someone else to whatever decisions that you're making in life that they're not choosing to sign up for. Agreed. They're sleeping with you, not knowing that you've been out here cheating, having unprotected sex with someone else. And then you're giving them something that is lifelong that they can't get rid of. That to me would be such a sticky situation because how would you not feel like you almost had to stay in that situation? Yeah. I would say some people probably feel like they have to stay. Um, I can't imagine too, like not to get like really deep into it, but like what if it ended up on her face? Like what if it ended up all over? Like I don't, I don't know what that would look like or anything like that. And I don't want to Google it, but like what if that and I don't I don't know if it looks the same genital or because I know cold sores can be but I don't know if there's like can you get like the like rash I looking have, ones I literally have no idea I mean we could probably you know what I mean but like to like the you could put that on your wife who made vows to you you could put that on her face like fuck you that to me is so foul and it's like multiple levels of disrespect, right? Like the act in itself is disrespectful and morally corrupt, but then giving someone something that they can't get rid of, staying with that person for eight years or that person choosing to stay with you, knowing that you gave them this, and then you're the one who chooses to leave after eight years. Like I would be pissed off. I saw a TikTok of a guy that was talking about men who cheat on their their women whether it's a girlfriend relationship or a fiance or a wife and he was like if you will cheat on the woman that you that loves you the most that would do anything for you that is willing to marry you um honor their vows etc cetera, etc cetera, what the fuck will you do to me as your homeboy like what will you do to me behind my back as you're just your friend like, I don't love you the same way your wife loves you. I will never be able to care for you the same way your wife cares for you. I will never be able to do the things that your wife, you sleep with your wife. You don't mm-hmm. sleep with your homeboy. What the fuck are you going to do to me if you're willing to do that to her? Well, I think it's very eye-opening when you look at it in a character perspective. And even as you get older, not that it's ever acceptable when you're younger and you're making poor decisions, but you can kind of write it off a little bit easier when you're younger as, you know, immature, um, lack of awareness, lack of foresight. At our age now, though, that definitely resonates because I – I have oftentimes thought of that, knowing of people that have been in situations who have done shitty things to someone that they claim they're in love with. And you'll see them and it's like, oh, you know, we're so in love and all over each other and posting all of these photos and we're so happy. But I know what you're doing. Like what type of a friend are you actually to me? Because I know what you do to him and I can't even imagine what you do to me behind my back. But just to like circle, to make this episode go full circle, I don't agree that this is the same situation as this, as the one that wrote in, in the beginning of the episode. I don't think that this is the same. Like, I don't think that he, him cheating in the way that he did is the same because they were already going through something for months and months. So I don't think it's the same. Um, Still, still wrong, but I don't think it's the same as like, you guys are good. You guys are healthy you guys are happy and him stepping out and sleeping with other women and then coming back to you and secretly passing stds to you or or things like that like 
I don't think it's the same, just to clarify. Um, I agree. There is another element to that first situation that like isn't present here. And that's why we're saying like, it's not black and white. Correct. Um, I also saw this. It said a girl on TikTok said, I would rather adjust my life to your absence than adjust my boundaries to accommodate your disrespect. And I think that a lot of people need to take that and engrave it into their soul. And I truly could not agree with something more. I agree with that. I wholeheartedly, I think we should post that on that. I think that's like what my therapist finally was able to put the nail in the coffin with my five year long toxic relationship was like, like, I love you this much, but like, I think there's less pain if you're just absent. You know what I mean? Like if you're not disrespecting me and I'm not giving you the option to disrespect me, me adjusting to your absence would be less painful. Yeah, it's painful in the beginning, but it's less painful overall than continuing to accept that. I think it gets into the argument of is love enough because you can no, love not. someone as much as you can within how much love you have to give, but you can't love someone enough as a grown person at this phase of my life. I could never love someone enough to accept levels of disrespect that I'm not comfortable with. I would rather adjust my life to their absence and feel that type of loss them feel constant disrespect over time, knowing that I'm settling for something that does not look like love. I agree. Um, I saw this. How do you say that girl's name? I always refer to her as Rob Kardashian's ex, and I know that's so disrespectful. Adrian Bylon. Yeah. I didn't know how to say her name, but I saw this uh, video and it says, there's a lot of things that you could call me. You could say that I'm loud. You could say that I'm ghetto. You could say the worst things about me, but one thing that you can't say about me is I'm a liar and that's me. Like you can say like whatever you want to say about me. What was she referring to? Like a relationship or just like in general? I think just like in a general sense, like you can say like, I wear too much makeup. You can say, you know, I am bougie. You can say whatever you want to say about me. Limit does not exist. But one thing you can't say is I'm a liar. I went through a lying era. Want to tell us about that? Well, I was in a toxic relationship that nobody wanted me in. And I would just lie to my friends about who I was with and what I was doing because I didn't want to hear it. I think we've all been there. So I would be like, oh, I'm going to this place by myself. No, the fuck you're not. Who are you with, yeah. Kale? First of all. But I got I'm caught just- in every single one of them. And then I had to fucking, that was not a good time because my friends are not dumb. They've never been dumb. And I would get caught. And then it's just like, now I'm embarrassed. I I never, never in my life want to go. I never want to go back to that era or anything even remotely close. It's the worst when you are in a relationship that you know that no one else around you supports, but you're not ready to let it go. And you feel like you're living some type of double life of... I am not ready to let the situation go. I know and am well aware that I don't need to be in it because by the fact that I'm lying to everybody that cares about me, that tells me that I'm self-aware of what I'm doing is not in my best interest, but I'm still choosing to do that. I think most everybody I'm going to go out on a limb and say has probably been in some similar situation at some point. Like I even did that whenever... I was in high school and was dating my dad's freaking college intern. And I lied to my parents about me communicating with him. And I would communicate over like AIM. 
<laughs> it's not funny. I'm not, <laughs> it's not funny, but it's like, it's one of those things where I understand now that I'm out of it, where all my friends are coming from. But when you're in it, you have to, you have to be ready to leave it on your own. So your friends can tell you until they're blue in the fucking face that they don't want to see you with this person. It's not good for you. It's not good for you. And you might even say those things. Like I mm-hmm. know for a fact when I was with this person, I know for a fact that I was like, I'm done. He's disrespected me X amount of times, like blah, 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 never going back. So I knew that I knew what they were saying. I knew they were right. But then it's just like that one call that will bring everything back. It's like, well, and I think because people that are in your life that love you, that it's not their relationship. It's easy to give a perspective when they, a level headed perspective to look at the situation and be like, okay, I'm looking at this from the outside. I know that this is not the best for you. I know that you've realized that it's not the best for you but they don't have that connection with that person like you have that is so emotionally drawing to that person. You truly have to be the one that is ready to leave that situation, even though you're identifying, okay, this is toxic and I should not be in this. It's just the closest thing to addiction that I could, that I feel like makes sense. Like you just, you know, it's not good for you. You know, you shouldn't do it. And then you, I mean, I just would like flat out lie about who I, I just hope that I never, ever go back to that. I always say, because I did this too. You're well aware that I did this. I always say, I never want to put myself back in a situation that I can't be honest with the people that care about me the most to compromise that for something that I know is not good for me. So I can't say that you can't ever call me a liar because I've definitely lied about I mean, I've lied about some stuff, but like at this point in my life, I'm no. so over that. I'm like, at this listen, point, no, I'm not. We not. I lying. don't have the energy to lie. Like, I'm just going to tell you how it is, and if you don't like it, well, you can get happy in the same pants you got damn mad in. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We've talked a lot about therapy on this episode, and honestly all the time. We talk about therapy. And if you have thought about giving therapy a try, but you have just not taken the leap to do so, I think that BetterHelp would be a great fit for you. We absolutely love BetterHelp. And I love hearing all of your stories when you write to us and let us know about your BetterHelp journey. After COVID hit, I actually switched to complete online therapy for this reason, because it's suited to fit everyone's schedule. And that's what it's designed to do, right? Like you want it to fit your schedule. You don't want to have to use that as an excuse why you're not going, right? So it's convenient. It's flexible. And you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And I love this because if you don't match with that therapist, you can actually switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash coffee today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash coffee. This other listener asked us, is your spouse being a slob and not helping with housework grounds for divorce in your opinion? Depends how long it goes on. It depends how you guys speak about it. How, to me, if this is like, you know, I've said something over and over and over again, and you are not listening to me and I'm taking on the mental load of the children and cleaning up the house and working just as much as you are, I would say at some point you build the resentment over time. And yes, it is, it is grounds. But then it goes back to the whole thing about doing your your vows. I just like, and I don't know if it's just because of this like place that I'm in in my life, like right now. 
I just feel like I have, I'm a hypocrite if I get married again and I have no fucking grounds to get married again or like business getting married again because I didn't like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, yes, it is because you have tried to work it out. You've talked about it. Now you're building resentment. Then what? What's next? After you build resentment, then what? Is it cheating? Is it, you know what I'm saying? I actually um, had a conversation, many conversations with my parents about a situation that I was in that we ran our lives very, very differently. And it was something that I was identifying through the relationship without living together. And I was like, listen, like, I don't know if this is something I can stomach. And my dad point blank told me, he was like, listen, these are little things right now that turn into big things in the future. So you need to very much listen to what your mind is telling you and act on that, have a conversation about that, expect change on that. Because if that can't change, that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, In my marriage, when I started working, I started building resentment because on the weekends, I would literally clean. I would work all week. I would clean all weekend long. And then Monday rolled back around and it was back to work. Friday rolled around, back to cleaning. And so I said, listen, like we both make decent incomes. It would cost us way less time. And we would be not really sacrificing anything to have someone come and help us clean so that I'm not doing this all weekend long. And we can actually spend quality time together as a family on the weekend. So I don't have to do all of this stuff. And I did build resentment in that situation because I was told I didn't grow up with a housekeeper. So I'm not having one in my house. If you want the house cleaned, we can clean it or you can clean it. If I don't clean it to your standards, then that's a you problem. Um, you know, while I did grow up with housekeepers in the house, that wasn't really what I was expecting because we had people there every single day. It was like a person to come and help just clean like stuff that would take me a long time to clean. I don't know, like our freaking master bathroom that everybody destroyed. Like a deep cleaner once a week or or twice a month or every once a week, you know? Yeah. Like a twice a month cleaner that could come in and do like all the deep stuff, like baseboard, ceiling fans, you know, those types of things. And I was told I didn't grow up with a housekeeper. And, you know, then that got us into a debate of, okay, well, this is what your parents did and how they lived their life. And that's not how we're living our life. And our jobs and roles look very different than what theirs did. So I do think that small little things like that, you will build resentment over time. And it sounds so trivial to be like, oh, well, you know, as housework and help around the house, a reason to get divorced I don't necessarily think it's a reason to throw away a whole marriage, but I do think it's a reason to have a conversation about it and to expect change. Also consider therapy too, because you want like a a neutral party or like a middle, a middle ground, right? Like you don't want to point the finger into all those things. And also therapy will just like help in general when you're trying to get like perspective. Um, It's like therapy, therapy, therapy. If you (laughs) don't have an answer, go to therapy. Um, Yeah. If you can't figure it out on your, like, just the question alone, maybe try therapy. But also, I don't know how I feel about the whole, well, that's not how we grew up. So that's not how we're going to do it now. But I don't know what your financial situation was at that time. But like, why do we have to do things the exact same way that we did growing up? Like he's saying, well, we I didn't have that. Okay, but you did. So why can't we find a middle ground here and have instead of having a housekeeper every single day, why can't we have one once a week? That was my 
my biggest thing. Like every also marriage because- is different, right? Like, and what, what you grew up with, you can't, while that might be what is normal to you because that's all that you know, that doesn't mean that's the only way that you can do things in your marriage. But also it's like you didn't have that. So he didn't have that. Wouldn't you want that now? Like you can't have it now. So like don't – Yeah. Because for me it's like I want to do all the things I didn't get to do when I was a kid. Like that's why I have this fucking hair wrap in my hair because I didn't get one when I was a kid. I didn't have a housekeeper when I was a kid. So now I want a housekeeper. Like yeah, those are things that I want now that I didn't have. And it's like if you're working hard for it – And then it became an issue because love language of quality time applies to me. So, you know, when I am cleaning and doing all of those things and foregoing the quality time, then I'm resentful because I'm not getting the quality time, but then I'm also resentful because I burn out. Yeah. Um, On that note, since that's so foul, let's do foul play. Foul play. Let me just start by saying I love you girls so much. So we went camping with my husband's family. Everyone decides to go fishing except me, my sister-in-law, and my daughter who is 13, my niece who's 11. Okay, so four girls. So we're in my in-law's camp trailer and my sis-in-law says, did you know that she can fart on demand? Referring to my niece. (laughs) I was thinking who the hell can fart on demand? So I decided to play along. She tells my niece to show me. My niece lays on her back, puts her hand under her butt to help lift up her butt in the air, and I can see her stomach sucking in and out. Girlfriend lets out the biggest queef I've ever heard. I start (gasps) laughing, so it just (laughs) spurs on her, and she keeps going. I look at my sister-in-law, and I said, "She, that is not a fart. That's queefing. She proceeds to do it for the next 10 minutes while we're all laughing our asses off. Thanks so much for the laughs (laughs) every week. You guys are the best. How did her sister-in-law not know? Uh, but that's a queef. I don't know. Maybe she's just not familiar with the queef game. But you like can't the f- fart on command. The fact – I don't know. Because like, queefing is like burping but vaginally. I mean I'm pretty sure any man that I know I could ask to be like, hey, could you fart right now? And they would probably be like, yeah, absolutely. Men are disgusting though. That's Men separate. are disgusting. Let me just tell you also while we're on this <laughs> fart topic, obviously Jackson farted his pants because <laughs> – <laughs> And then didn't put on underwear. So then when I picked his shorts up off of the bathroom floor this morning, I was like, oh, good. Like you decided to shart. Shart your pants. Um, I, I love that. But to be 11 years old and to already be able to like queef on demand. I need to I'm know how she figured that out. Like was it an accident? Like she was laughing and like sucked up air in there on accident and she realized – Like, how do you – because not all girls can do that either. So, like – But does this 11-year-old – I mean, we've got to remember that she's 11. So, is she aware that, like, a fart that's coming out of your vagina is different than a fart coming out of your ass? Because maybe she's not aware. Maybe she, like, literally thinks that's farting. No, she definitely thinks it's farting. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, why are we out here queefing? Why are we out here queefing at 11? She's going to be – traumatized when she turns like 20 and she's like remember when I used to fart on command and she realizes that they weren't farts they were queefs she's gonna be like I've been queefing my whole life someone's gonna tell this at her wedding I just know it it's gonna be us we're gonna crash it we're gonna be like your mom and your aunt wrote into us and told us about your queef game and (laughs) you need we just need to make sure that your husband is aware um okay next foul play okay 
So I married my husband a year ago after being together since high school, 13 years. We got married at my cousin's beautiful house in Washington. We partied hard that night and had our parents taking care of our kids through the day and night. We had the baby monitor camera set up in the guest house where we were staying in for our littlest baby once he went to bed. We kept the camera monitor, one of the ones with the night vision, at the backyard bar with us while we were <laughs> celebrating. What a way to party. Around 4 a.m., my new hubby and I headed back, headed to bed while my brother and cousins continued to party. We went back to the guest house and obviously my husband helped me take my dress off and threw me on the bed to cons- consummate. consummate. Yeah. To consummate the marriage, our four-month-old was in his pack and play, and we moved right outside the bedroom door. That we moved right outside the bedroom door. He got a little fussy for a couple minutes, but went back to sleep. We continued on with our business before we heard a knock at the door. My husband threw on some boxers, went to the door, and it was my older brother, and he said, oh, shit, we heard the the baby crying on the baby monitor at the bar and wanted to make sure everything (laughs) was good. In that moment, I lifted my head off the bed and looked straight into the little orange light of the fucking baby. Oh, my God. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh my God. In that moment, I lifted my head off the bed and looked straight into the little orange light of the fucking baby monitor camera that was sitting on the corner of the room and I died. You could tell that as soon as my husband opened the door in his boxers, my brother knew exactly what was going on. The next morning, I asked my brother's girlfriend, who I love, if they saw anything. She said, uh, well, I was in the bar and heard something, but I turned the... I turned off the monitor right away. She tried to make me feel better, but my four brothers and cousins and who knows who else most definitely at the very least heard us consummating our marriage and I will never forget it. It was a very awkward next day and I couldn't look any of my brothers in the eye. I would have fucking died. And that's why when you consummate your marriage, you have someone helping you with your children and there are no monitors or cameras around. I don't care how old your kid is. Like, no. Like, that's not happening. And to be caught having sex, like, it's never awkward if you're having sex with whoever you're having sex with and you guys know what's going on, but it's always awkward when you're aware that someone else is aware of what's going on. Absolutely not. Like, I would have just not shown my face the next day. No, I would have left. I would have been gone. Well, this is at least a better story than one I experienced one time where they got in a fight the night of the wedding and were talking about getting an annulment. He didn't help her out of her wedding dress. They didn't have sex the night of the wedding and everybody did the walk of shame in the morning pretending like we had no idea what had happened because I honestly would, if I had to pick two of those situations, I would pick the one of the person that wrote in. I'm sorry. The bride and groom acted like they didn't know that they just got married? No, they just acted like they didn't know what had happened the night before, that everyone witnessed, that they were going to get an annulment right after the wedding. He didn't help her out of the dress. She had to call for help from a family member to get out of the dress. He was shit-faced. They didn't have sex the night of the wedding. See, here's the thing, and maybe it's my lack of – I don't know. I don't – I have very, very, very minimal patience for people who can't control their liquor If you are a great person, right, most of the time, but when you get liquor in you, it's to the point where you're not helping me out of my dress and things like that. I don't, I'm not going to be around you and I'm certainly not going to fucking marry you. No, like I immediately would have gotten the If you can't control your liquor, control yourself under the influence, I'm not marrying you. I'm not even thinking twice. You're not my boyfriend. You're not my girlfriend. First of all, 
how pissed off would you be? And this is a question to everybody who's listening also. How pissed off would you be if you didn't have sex on your wedding night? I don't think I had sex on my wedding night. I bet you that's common. I was seven months pregnant when we had our – like we were already married because we did Justice of the Peace a year prior to our wedding, like our big wedding. That's right. Yeah. So the night of our wedding, like the big one, I don't think that we had sex. I was seven months pregnant. There was just – and we got married – September 21st. So I was probably more than seven months pregnant. I was probably like seven and a half. But shouldn't that just be a time that like you're so excited and like in love and Oh, I would have done things 1000% differently. If I I was to go back in time, even with the same person, it would just be way different. I don't think that – I think we would have waited until after Lincoln was born. Oh, to get married? Yeah. I mean, we were married, but like to have the wedding Wedding. because that was like the reception and like the – you know, the huge thing. I think we would have, you know, waited to, I don't know. Was it um, from a traditional aspect from like Javi's family that they wanted you guys to have the wedding before Lincoln came or was that just like a personal choice for y'all? No, that was, (laughs) it was so I could move with him wherever he, wherever he got orders, which we were supposed to go to Kansas. So we would have been able to, well, in theory, we would have been able to go with him, but it never we never like made it to court or anything. I don't know what would have happened if we made it to court, if a judge would have decided for or against it. I don't know. Bitch, you would have been like Dorothy off the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go to Kansas. I'm glad I didn't go to Kansas too. My God. Um. Okay. Well, I've got more errands to run and more laundry to run. So okay. I'm going to head out. Um, if you guys have not followed us on the at Coffee Combos podcast on Instagram, make sure you follow us there. If you've not subscribed to the show, you can do that from any podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts. Always first at Podcast One. We hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.